1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Oh, hello there. This is Matt, the host of this show, Primates. I am just here to tell you very quickly before the start of the show that I'm in Sydney from tonight, Thursday, the 16th of May. Uh, and then also this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the 18th and 19th, doing my show Bone Dry at the Sydney Comedy Festival. And if you want to come, you really should. That would be great. If you did, uh, you can come along at a discounted price if you use the discount code "Prime Mates," as it is spelled in the title of the show without a space, "Prime Mates." And uh, if you uh, do that at the sydneycomedyfest.com.au website, or you can get a link there via com slash gigs. It'd be very cool to see you there. Come uh, chat to me after the show and maybe even buy yourself a primate's beanie. Be one of the very few cool people to have one of those. Um, Yeah, hopefully see you there tonight, uh, Saturday or Sunday. Cheers. Now, on with the show. Well, actually, maybe I should say this week's episode is a little bit different. Um, It's the first episode we've recorded in a moving automobile, I believe. I'm pretty sure I should check back, but I reckon I would remember if we had... Um, uh, it was with Angus Gordon and Andy Matthews too, the very funny return guests And we uh, drove Andy home to his country house He lives in a house, a very big house in the country And we drove him there And um, on the way we talked about Coco the Gorilla Who is uh, obviously one of the most beautiful beasts to ever live um, So please enjoy, cheers This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network Visit
2: planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates
0: We are recording. (sighs) Uh, I guess I should do the introduction. I mean, um, it's
2: as good a place to start as any. What Could, do you normally do when you do the podcast in a car?
0: Uh, actually, funnily enough, this is the first time I've done uh, primates in the car.
2: Okay. I wonder if you're going to want to do the introduction on maybe a flatter bit <laughs> yeah, of road which yeah. not so yeah. many bumps.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll wait until we <laughs> hit, the, hit the open road. Sure. But I've done a podcast with you, Angus, in a car at some point. Yeah, we did. one of the
3: Goxie the great, astri- like, whatever your tour was, on the way back from Castle, Main? It's not Castle. What's that town? Yeah, Castle.
0: We did one in Castle, Maine. Yeah, I reckon it was Castle, Main. Yeah, and you did one on the way up as well, which I wasn't involved in.
2: Yeah,
3: we well, changed You were cars. in the car, but... Uh, <laughs> I, was in
0: a, I was in a different car. I was not allowed to be in the car. I think, yes, that's right. And it was... Maybe, was it Webby and Capper's podcast? It was that road trip one road yeah. trip to nowhere road trip to nowhere Yeah, I, I don't think they still that's a defunct podcast now I think And I think it is too I think the last one they did of it was in Thailand last year I wonder if anybody's keeping a record of all the defunct podcasts there's got <laughs> to be a list
2: somewhere
3: do you think
0: there'd be more defunct podcasts than funct podcasts? absolutely yeah. yes yes yeah. <laughs> I think big, by I quite think, a margin right I think
3: the life expectancy of podcasts would be uh, comparable to Victorian London do you know what I mean it's, <laughs> they haven't worked out about cholera, yet that it's coming from the water supply mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I've done yeah, I've started maybe I think I've started maybe four podcasts and two of them lasted some sort of a journey I think that's, that's pretty good odds you've done well Yeah, this is is one of them. Do Go On is another. And then the other two were with Kappa. One was called Grab a Traveller. And we'd both get a... We'd drink a beer Uh, and talk about travel stories. I
2: mean, it's a great concept. Mm -hmm.
0: And then the other one was called Give It a Bloody Spin.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I haven't heard of that one. And that was... was, a music podcast? That was... Yeah,
0: we'd we'd listen to an album during the week and then talk about it. Both both
2: solid ideas, but... um,
0: both you with know. Kappa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. We we recorded it. I reckon three or four of each, and then, yeah, obviously lost interest or something. We never put them out. Yeah. Do you think that'd be the other thing? What's the stat on podcasts that are never released? Yeah, oh, I've got a few of those. You did a you did twenty episodes of one, didn't you, Angus? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should um,
2: start a podcast, which is just a compilation. Like a channel that just releases, you know, the three or four episodes of podcasts that have been recorded that's a but great, never released.
0: That's a fun idea for a podcast. Thanks. What do we yeah. call it? Uh, call it um, Ghosts of Podcast Past. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a really fun idea. So just be, it could be anything. Yeah. It feels like that would be borderline art. Borderline art is always what I strive to achieve. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should call it. Not borderline. quite good comedy. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> but borderline art. Yeah, great. Um, this is still not smooth enough road. I suppose. Oh no, I think
2: this is good. I okay. Think we're,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about
2: this section of road. All right, great. Well, I reckon you can introduce the podcast
0: because I am. Um, I do normally read it off my computer screen, um, so it'll be interesting test of myself. How to do it without training wheels like that. Anyway. How many times have you done the show? I think it's like 46 or 47. No, you got this. Uh, Welcome to Primates, the pop... Ah, fucked it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Welcome to Primates, the podcast about primates in popular culture from Chimpan A down to Chimpan Z. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, exploring the primates in popular culture from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. You said it fine. Why Thanks. did I go back? And, I just such wanted, a great intro, I by the way. I think he just
3: wanted to uh, reaffirm authority on the podcast. <laughs> I think that's what it was. He said it with like, such i I'm not silverback. Yeah. Such confidence and a touch of smugness. It was like, is this <laughs> in <his> podcast now? <laughs> Has he taken over? All I'm you? hoping to achieve.
0: <laughs> this week, joining me in the monkey house... <laughs> the monkey car. The monkey mobile. The monkey mobile. It is two returning guests, both great stand-up comedians, award winners, and... Great people as well. Don't think I've ever won an award. Award winners. Okay. (laughs) Andy Matthews and Angus Gordon. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Angus, have you ever won an award? A a A few. First newcomer. Yeah. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah last year at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. A lot
3: of people in the scene don't seem to uh, remember that, which I'm very bitter about. <laughs> you, you can't bring it up without seeming, like, insane. <laughs> do, do you know I've won awards, and there was pretty important ones that normally facilitate people's careers, but for some reason hasn't done much for me? <laughs> you know? But I want to come off as not bitter, so yeah. I, I don't, I right, don't bring well, it up too much. We'll
2: workshop that.
0: Yeah, that's a big award. You haven't... It was a big award, yeah. You got to go to London. You did your show in London for a week. And we received numerous two-star reviews. <laughs>
3: oh, really? Of some you. of the biggest publications <laughs> in the world, The <laughs> Times and The Guardian. Yeah, right. Yeah, in in uh, fairness, it was a difficult show with Chen and I both doing an hour back-to-back with no interval. Wow. That is, a l- that is brutal. That is a lot of um, that's anti-comedy. Almost, that's almost insane. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was set up to fail in, in some ways, but it was a, a very fun experience. You would have
0: chosen to be on first, ideally, right? I was on second every night. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you found that alienating and
2: baffling.
3: Yeah, I would say uh, the biggest laugh I would get would be ridiculing
0: them. And then it was downhill from there. Let me take it down a notch.
3: It was just, you know, and also I would often start with um, Aaron's support act doing um like five minutes at the top so it just became like three versions of australian awkwardness being <laughs> <laughs> presented funny, these, like that... london crowds of like middle-aged boomers who were just taking a punt
0: the need for a warm-up act Ooh. seems to be a little bit unnecessary. yeah it was but, yes, a really, really baffling show, choice I mean. but
3: i mean i think also just once we did a few we adjusted and got a lot better at doing it right i would have loved to see that show it was a really
2: fun show to do
0: we, I've uh, maybe should explain why we're in a car.
2: Well, it's it, it almost it almost can't be explained, but you can try.
0: Well, uh, I think it can be explained, and you'll succeed, Matt. All oh, right. thanks, Angus. It's the angel and the devil on my shoulders. Um, so we were Angus and I were about to record this episode in the studio, and Andy was just finishing up on a book cheat episode, uh, which is Dave Warnicky's podcast. And uh, Andy said, oh, it would have been great to have been on this uh, Primates as well. And I said, well, you definitely can be. But it turned out that Andy needed to get uh, home, which is quite a, w- a ways away, an hour in car, longer on train. Yes. And I said, why well, <laughs> not do it in the car? And I can't remember if I was serious or not. But anyway, here we are in the car. It's happened. You're right, Angus, I could do
3: it. You did. You did. Andy didn't believe in you. He's never believed in you. He sends me lots of messages about all the things you can't do. And this was just
2: one of them. I, I'm amazed because the way the way it played out in my mind is I somehow brought up the idea of you giving me a lift home. But if I managed to somehow implant that into your mind without you consciously realising that I was suggesting it, I'm really impressed with myself.
0: I'm only just realising now that it was you who suggested it without saying it. Well <laughs> done. Andy is some Machiavellian
3: figure. Some sort
0: of scientist, as listeners will know. Using his
3: powers only for benign lifts, (laughs) rather than to wreak havoc on the general population.
0: Andy was the very first guest on this show, Angus. And
2: if this ride goes badly enough, I could be the very last guest on this show.
3: I hope so. I think this podcast will be much more exciting if we die halfway through. It'll definitely
0: be much more listened to, I think. Yeah. If they can find the recording from the scrappage.
2: If I, I, I just want my, my, my famous last words to be a really well-improvised sign-off for the uh, Primates podcast. That would be all I ask from life.
0: It'll make me laugh so hard that I crash into a tree. He died doing what he resented, laughing at Andy Matthews. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think this, it's great. It'll be like listening to the um, black box recording of a plane, but also in podcast form. So it's yes. engaging, which is what they should do. They should do every every flight. The pod, the pilot should have to record a podcast, but it's only released if the plane goes down. That's a nice idea.
2: Because you'd know there's a there's an ending. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: know. Not like serial season one. No, no. <laughs> leaving you hanging. Well, it's like you're interested in the riffs, but you're also like. What happened to the
2: plane?
3: I th- it works on two levels. It do does. I mean?
2: It does. Yeah, cause it, I always, Unlike the plane,
3: the the plane works no longer at all <laughs> on any <laughs> level. On any level.
0: I I find I I find I'm more irrationally annoyed by pilots interrupting um, on uh, entertainment on airplanes than anyone else I know. when I we flew over for Go on in, to England, Jess and Dave couldn't believe how annoyed I was when the pilot would interrupt a movie, but it was always a name chat, and they're like, you know, it just happens, but it really, something about it, I find, it's rude, isn't it? It just feels, it's like no one gives a shit. Do you think they're just doing it to keep themselves awake, Matt? Oh, okay. (laughs) If that's the case, then, you know, fair enough. But I mean, they could do that without pushing the button, right? Oh, just talk to themselves? Yeah. Do
3: you think it's it's some sort of like weird power trip where it's like oh, I'm I'm in charge of the plane and I can stop your Marvel film at any time?
2: Your whole world is in within lies within my hands. There is no escape, even in the high fantasy escapism of the Marvel cinematic universe. You think Captain Marvel's the
3: captain? I'm the captain. <laughs> I'm the real captain. I went to flight school. The Marvel <laughs> is
2: the marvel of of, of powered flight. You should be watching a documentary
0: about the Wright brothers, not this Marvel, Tosh. Tosh is good. Hmm. Tosh (laughs) is good. I think I could definitely picture an an airline pilot saying Tosh. And no one else.
2: They might have a um, a list of approved um, sort of expletives that they can use in the event of a disaster.
3: Virgin has sort of more fun uh, expletives they can use. It's like, oh shit, guys, this (laughs) sucks, yo. (laughs) Because they're a funner brand, yeah. but Qantas is more sort of stern, go mm, down with the ship. Mm,
2: that's right, whereas Virgin has a sort of an irreverent <laughs> attitude to yeah. ditching into the ocean. It's sort of a Gen X irony to the whole situation. Yeah, that you know, Qantas, uh, Qantas they'll say, uh, please remove your high heels before descending the inflatable slide. Uh, Virgin will say, okay girls, kick off your <laughs> shoes, <laughs> there we go. A, it's the end
3: of a night out.
0: Um, so what's the podcast about? This, well, in general, it's about primates and popular culture. Tonight, or today, we're talking about Coco, the famous gorilla, talking gorilla. you familiar with Coco, Andy?
2: Look, I know of Coco, the famous talking gorilla, but I feel like there's a lot of disinformation out there, you know, about yeah. about, about Coco and the extent of her abilities. Yeah. I'm a big
3: fan of her, um, perfume range. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and her, um, Gee, yeah, her broadcast the s- network. Scent yeah. of a
0: gorilla. I love her Nasty. late-night topical uh, chat
2: show. Mm.
0: Uh, Ye- yes, I yes. got that one. Okay, yep, yep. I got it too. Uh, I, I, like it. Yep. I like her warm drink. Yeah. Uh, I like her chocolate uh, brand. Yeah, and, and it's one ingredient. of my favorite chocolate brands. <laughs> Very similar to Andy's roof. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would normally have a lot of information on my computer in front of me to talk about. I'd I just have a a speedometer. We're going. If people, oh maybe I can do a, a pilot's announcement here. I'm traveling uh, about a hundred kilometers per hour down the colder highway on the way to Bendigo. Uh, estimated arrival time. 10:49 PM. <laughs> 70 kilometers. This is infuriating. We are <laughs> currently travelling at a height of about two feet. Uh, we are about to drive past Melbourne Airport as well. The temperature at our destination is a uh, chilly 17 degrees. That's not true. Don't let me get away with that. We're about to drive past Avalon Airport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. I let you get away with yeah.
2: saying we were on the colder when we we're actually on the Western Ring Road. <laughs> I wasn't going to start pulling you up now,
0: mate. You're you're deep in a riff. I thought you were doing quite well, to be honest. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I, I do appreciate that. I just want to paint a vivid picture, even if that picture is built on a false pretense. We're definitely in a car, though. People can believe that. Yeah. I don't have the time to make this sweet sound. There's a fourth person in the car humming the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, the car's stationary. <laughs> I just did. You see that sign there, EJ Witten Bridge? Yeah, I, I, I did. I see that all
2: the time. Um, yeah, they've just renovated this bridge, put in these lights and widened it. I think they added an extra lane or two. Wow. And then they named it after E.J. Witten, oh. famous oh. footer. Foot, 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 Mr. Footie, Football. Foot, foot, Mr. Footballer. Yeah.
0: And there you go. He, yeah, well, I wonder... I guess he was famous for being out in the west as well. We are out in the west of Melbourne. Was he known awesome. for his bridge enthusiasm? Uh, he was known for his sort of thuggery. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah... So it's a good and, thing to a toll bridge. proud Victorian. His famous saying was, we stuck it right up them. That's what we did. <laughs> oh. We stuck it right up them. And that would, yeah, you don't hear that much anymore. But they was used that to in play reference that to other states? Or? I think it was in reference to South Australia, maybe, the football team. OK. Or one okay. of the other states, yeah. So
2: this was during the era of the AFL, or was this the yeah, VFL? Yeah,
0: uh, it would have been, yeah, he was sort of the coach. And yeah, it was right. AFL, like, in the, right at the end of... Uh, the AFL state of origin, which has sort of died off as it got more professional.
2: I think they should still have that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, the problem was I mean, in the NRL and the Rugby League, it's still the biggest That's the biggest games of the year in, across Rugby League in Australia, and that's because right. there's two major states. So it's the yeah. same two states every year. The problem with AFL is it's popular in Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania, uh, Northern mm. Territory. And then little bits and pieces of New South Wales and Queensland, which is NRL country. So there wasn't that one definitive game. Yeah, it's not that that clash yeah. of
2: cultures, of civilizations exactly. really that become so iconic.
0: And then as the as it went along, more and more players would pull out because they were finding their club games more important. So little niggles became big injuries. Whereas in the NRL, people will play for Queensland even if they are, they are a bit injured. It'll be seen as being fine to miss club games for uh, for playing for your state instead. Anyway, that's a little off track. No, they I mean, are gorillas man. in the state of origin, no doubt. But uh, we're talking about Coco the gorilla, famous for her ability to be able to sign. And so, I,
2: so she was taught sign language. So she's a gorilla, right? Doesn't yep. know sign language. That's right. Do we, do we know anything about the ways in which gorillas communicate with one another in the wild.
0: Well, it sounds like they do um, have have a language, and it is you know in part vocal, part sign. But the what was her name, Angus? You've got do you have the, any info in front? I think her name was Penny, the main um, scientist. Who she she was very young at the time when she found Coco and decided uh, to take take Coco on as part of like a PhD or some sort of a University study. I
2: think at the start of the university year they line up all the animals <laughs>
1: yeah. and all
2: the researchers come out and take dibs on which animals they want. Right. Say, so I want to do experiments on this lemur. Oh, great. Oh, everyone wants the lemur. Everyone wants the lemur, right? Yeah. She got stuck with Coco. Coco. Boring old gorilla. <laughs> what and kind of gorilla? Western lowland? Western, Western, yeah, Western that's lowland. One right. t- t- of my top three gorillas.
0: Really? And yeah. there are only two, aren't
2: there? Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern Highland
2: is the other, I think.
0: Do you, do you want to give us a little bit of the, uh, her bio there, Angus? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, I've got the um, Wikipedia
3: page in front of me, so this right. saves any listeners from reading it. Yeah, well, themselves. I should say... <laughs> this is a real peek behind the curtain, is what Matt does <laughs> on his podcast, is he just looks up the Wikipedia page and maybe oh, watches a documentary. please.
0: I, I should... we let's... Let's not... Um, also, the name was
3: Francine Patterson, not Penny at all, <laughs> Penny. but...
0: Penny, was a the nickname. Francine Penny Patterson. Penny Patterson. Read a book, all right? <laughs> and I should say, I do, I do occasionally... do on Coco the Gorilla, not just any book. <laughs> I look into uh, uh, all my topics beforehand. Sometimes I do get into Wikipedia, and for those listening who don't know, because I think Angus jumped a few steps there, Wikipedia is a website mm. on online, which is on the internet. You can find that via your computer... And definitely worth a look. Most topics you want to know about <laughs> will have a page on the internet, in particular on Wikipedia. That's right. All right, Angus. Remember uh, baby steps. Back
3: to you. Sorry. Hannah Coco, Hannah Coco was a Western female lowland gorilla known for having learned a large number of hand signs. I think a thousand hand signs. They said in the documentary we briefly watched that yeah. as part of the flimsy research. That you... Hang on, why are you
0: underselling it? You know, I watched multiple documentaries today.
3: I'm, this is some sort of a stitch up. I feel like uh, a, a new dynamic has emerged in this podcast in which Andy and I are trying to undermine you. Which is a dangerous <laughs> thing to
2: do given that he's the man driving <laughs> the car giving me a lift <laughs> home and has the capacity to bring you back from oh, the can, an I, hour away.
3: That's right, it is a very dangerous game we're playing but I feel like that jeopardy
2: gives it the thrill that we both crave. Yeah, there's a frisson, <laughs> isn't there? There's a certain frisson.
3: I'm all about the frisson. There's a large number of hand signs from a modified version of American Sign Language, ASL. Coco was born at the San Francisco Sex
0: location. That the, it, yeah. the modified version they dubbed it
3: GSL, which is pretty good. Gr- gorilla Sign Language or yeah. gender sex location. <laughs> so just you know not just your biological sex, but what do you identify as? Yeah. Um,
2: That's fair enough.
3: More progressive in my opinion. Yes. Coco was born at the San Francisco Zoo and lived most of her life in Woodside, California at the Gorilla Foundations Preserve in Santa Cruz Mountains. The name Hanabiko Biko means "fireworks child, is one of Japanese origin and is a reference to her day of birth, the 4th of July. Coco gains public attention upon a report of her having adopted a kitten as a pet and creating a name for him.
2: Oh, and then did the kitten die? Did she kill the kitten? The well, kitten did die. Do we I, know I what there, happened to the kitten? There were
0: multiple kittens. One, the one that they um, featured they in the uh, documentary I watched, which is from the late 90s, um, the, the kitten was hit by a car and Penny, Penny was, <laughs> was, was... Was Coco driving
3: the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was another gorilla.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Penny went, she went, went straight in and told Coco, being hit by a car, she signed it out. And uh, yeah, Coco was vi- visibly distraught. I think Coco signed the word sad. Yeah, she did. Which does sum up the feeling. Oh feelings. my god. <laughs> and, t- and tears, she, dr- yeah, yeah. Crying sad. But Do they, gorillas cry tears? No, she just signs, they sign she, they tears. All tears. Oh, right,
2: so yeah. it's really, it's a mockery of humanity that yeah. she's doing, isn't it? And crocodiles. Mockery of crocodiles as well, yeah. So, um, is there also, and you may not have come across this reference anywhere, for some reason the phrase baby in my drink has come to my mind. Is that a thing that she famously signed? <laughs> I, I think have... I think there was a thing where a, a there was a doll in her water bowl or whatever oh. and she signed baby in my drink and they were like, this checks out, she's got consciousness, right. we're not alone
0: on this earth. Anything? No. I, I didn't. Remember. I did not come across it, but that makes sense to me. It's my only secondary piece uh, of information. She
3: apparently did often um,
0: say sign for the word baby and claim that she wanted a child over the years. Oh, that's something that Penny was saying in this Docker. She's like, whenever they're watching the TV and there's a gorilla mother and baby, Coco would point at the baby and say, "Me," and that from that she extrapolated that Coco wanted a baby. That is a. I thought it, because to me, I'd be like assuming she's saying, I, I was a baby once, or. Yeah, or that she didn't know the difference between
3: her and any other gorilla. Life. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it's either sort of the, the highest form of communication, her deepest desires to motherhood, and sort of, you know, that sense of continuity that is, you know, innate to all life, or, or it's just like, I don't know anything about anything, <laughs> I'm a dumb gorilla. It's one or the other. There's a range. There's a range. I it's mean, spectrum.
0: being aware that she's a dumb gorilla in itself is pretty remarkable. She would
3: often sign dumb. That was <laughs> one of the things, in a sort of self-deprecating way. That Penny would say, "I don't think you are dumb, Coco. Like you need to have a bit more self-esteem." Yeah. No. You're a no. Good girl. No.
2: I'm a big dummy. Oh, And I'm ugly.
3: <laughs> and she would smash mirrors constantly, which brought a lot of bad luck to the institution. <laughs> it's probably
2: what killed that cat.
3: Gee, um, yeah, the shards of glass mm. on the road that oh, caused oh. the car to spin out of control after a punch at the tires. I guess that
2: is a form of bad luck, isn't it? Having broken glass all over the house. It
3: oh. is It is bad luck.
0: Because because of a desire to have a baby, or at least a perceived desire from Penny, Penny brought in a male called Michael. Uh, it was called All Ball. Oh, All Ball? No, that was one of the cats. Yeah,
3: it was one of the cats, called All Ball. Right, OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And well, it was she a wasn't male. looking to mate with the
0: cat. Well, <laughs> she could... Mate, don't limit her. You don't... Anyways. It's hard to mate with someone who's all ball as well. You need other <laughs> ball pieces. Yeah. Uh, so... Of or,
3: well, yeah, very or... easy
0: to mate with all ball. Very, very fertile. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Get it in there. But the... Uh, so Michael was a... Um, apparently uh, Penny told Coco, have got a baby coming for you. And then, because they, they found this young three-year-old gorilla called Michael mm. and brought Michael in and then apparently when she got the, the Coco sign, fake baby, that's not a baby. Old, oh. old, not a baby. Or something like that. Yeah, she was an early Trump supporter. Fake <laughs> fake news. Fake. Well, I'm saying fake. Said fake more than anything else, I reckon. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting
2: concept for a gorilla to yeah. grasp.
0: The concept of fake, right? Because yeah. where in the gorilla,
2: where in... A gorilla's natural habitat does the concept of fakery or mimicry or anything like that exist like why would they have the ability to even conceive of something that looks like one thing but isn't it or that pretends to be something but isn't it that's interesting maybe they do maybe that's rife in the in the jungly environments a lot of con men in the gorilla community a lot of con men
0: yes yeah yeah I hadn't really thought about I just assumed that Fake in Coco's mind maybe means something a bit more...
2: Well, it could do. Abstract or
0: something. lot Or, yeah. or, or, pri-
2: or some, in some way primitive. Do, do you have a sense from what you've seen of the scientific legitimacy of this experiment?
0: It definitely felt like Penny was filling in some blanks in their discussions. Yep. Um, there was one part of the video where she's saying, can you get something soft? Can you get something soft? And the only thing at hand's reach anyway was a soft blanket. It was between Coco's legs. Coco picked up the blank she said yes yes something soft but it felt like I mean you want something from me is it this yeah yeah Yeah. potentially Mm. it's just hard to say if she lined up a brick uh, like a cube of ice Mm. things are they they different as a sign to Sandy would you say good examples (laughs) of different (laughs) levels of softness would be a brick a cube of ice and a blanket blanket, they're the three Correct. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And uh, emotions. Just a bag. <laughs> Intangible abstract emotions. Um, according to Wikipedia, as with other great ape language experiments, the extent to which Coco mastered and demonstrated language through the use of these signs is disputed. It is generally accepted that she did not use syntax or grammar and that her use of language did not exceed that of a young human child. However, she scored between 70 and 90 on various IQ scales, and some experts, including Mary Lynn, Mary Lee Jansvold claimed that Coco used language
0: the same way people do. What did they... they she claimed it... Yeah, right, the same way. Because there was one part of a video, I showed a shorter video to Angus, and um, the narrator brought up that criticism, saying that it was sort of the... Um, they were putting words in her mouth, basically. Or, or prompting her. Or words in her hands. Yeah, words yeah. in her hands. But she um, was that's also that's the next step. Words in the mouth. She she signed. She signed to herself. They had footage of her signing to herself, looking at a hat with flowers on it, signing hat and flowers over and over. And there was no one prompting her. She was sitting in the corner by herself there.
2: Yeah, right. But is that a thing that a person would do? Right, I'm a mad person. If you <laughs> look at a hat with flowers, <laughs> you sit in the corner saying hat flowers hat flowers hat flowers. I mean, is that a sign of anything at all, other than...
0: Well, that she knows what it is, I guess.
2: How did, was she taught this stuff? Was it like it was through a sort of system of reward?
0: Yeah, I think early on, the first uh, first word she was taught was hungry or feed me or something like that. And that, the sign for that was touching her lip. Okay. Which I'm like, when, when that was the start of this first documentary I watched, I'm like, all right, well, that's just her going pointing to her mouth when you're holding food. Mm. I don't know if that could be counted, but it got more um, elaborate from there. Yeah,
2: I mean, I. it's, it's, it's such an interesting question, isn't it? Because like, I, I, can, I can accept that she learned a thousand words that seems like heaps for yeah. any non-human thing. And well, you know, being to able to apply them to, uh, you'd struggle to list a thousand words. I would, don't make me try. So, because you're, you're the man of a thousand noises. Yes. Right, but most of those are not, are not words. Not words. You don't count words as noises? I mean, they
0: are, but I don't know a thousand words.
2: Right, so, so your thousand noises is made up of probably a couple of hundred words, yeah, and then the rest are just very realistic, you know, like this road noise that you're doing right yeah, now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the hardest part of this is talking over me making the sound of a road mm-hmm. noise. Fortunately,
2: you're, you're, you've you got such a limited range of words that it's, you know, it's like playing, playing a simple instrument or something like yeah. that. You Thank
0: can do you. both at the same time. I'm playing the ukulele at the mm. same time as well, which you can't hear over the road noise. Mm. And you're a very soft touch mm. <laughs> soft. as you away.
2: <laughs> mm. That's ah. what Coco pointed to yeah. when he said, can you pass
3: me something soft? And Matt was in the corner gently <laughs> plucking the strings of <laughs> the ukulele. I think uh, Matt and I were talking about how it just seemed quite easy for us to accept that gorillas are sentient relatively, like, very clever animals that maybe in the 70s it was a huge revelation Look yeah. as we were saying, you know, in, I think in both of our lifetimes the idea that animals aren't just some sort of, like, um, non-feeling automatons yeah. has been overturned. Like, I remember relatives saying, oh, it's, it's fine to fish because fish can't feel pain. Like, yeah. even the idea that they had any sort of, sort of capacity with, for uh, emotion or just basic pain
0: was ignored. I reckon that would still be a thought that would be out, out and about. But I, I yeah, it's interesting because
2: if you have any understanding of pain at all, like what does pain exist for? It exists to stop you from doing things that are going to cause injury to your body, which is the thing that keeps you alive, which allows you to continue and reproduce and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So then of course, everything is going to have some form of pain, mm. even plants, right? Yeah, anyway. it's, it
3: seems like a, it would be an evolutionary adaption that would have been conserved. Really early, on, early yeah, on yeah really early on but yeah, yeah but
2: that, then that's just a leap that we I
3: don't think it's make. also seeing humans as part of the animal kingdom and not particularly special or distant is a s- still relatively new idea mm. Rather, like that it isn't just some sort of gradient in which humans are you know one example of intelligence that we're this unique creature um, who's been designed by God
0: right yeah I think that, that's probably the big one and it was slowly pulling back from that idea. I guess in popular culture, culture, though, also at the time, like, you're coming off a back
2: of, like, what is your depiction of, of of gorillas and stuff being? Like, you might not have seen it. Like, you might just have watched King Kong or something like that. I mean, and You're it, like, well, it, then they're this huge monster. But capable of love. But, ca- yeah, of course. Faye Dunaway. Is that right? Faye Dunaway? It's Who knows? Know. Oh, we should really do that on the podcast. We well, are. Yeah, you're going
0: to come and do King Kong one. Yeah, I well, maybe guess. we
2: can do one at our house with Carly when we get
0: there. Yeah, great. That works out well. Yeah. You got a spare bed? Uh, I do. It's in with the baby. Great. One. Anything for Angus? This I'll sleep in the car. River.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we definitely should do
2: King Kong. This is a real project. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so, so yeah, it's just a, it's it's just then like. What? Yeah. What is what is what it. You know, asking us to de- decide whether or not she's conscious, or you know, sentient, or you know, what kind of level of intelligence, or whatever it is, whatever it is that is that magical thing that we think makes that mind a, a valuable mind, is is really then asking the question, well, what is what is humanity? Yeah. And and, and see, that's why it's so hard to answer. It, how many words do you need to know? Is it a thousand? Right. Is I it, think that, Yeah. Or is grammar? Is it grammar? Is it punctuation? Once you can that, grasp punctuation, are you truly human?
0: Yeah. Then when do you draw the line? Humans who, who are unable to learn language, yeah, they yeah. lose their personhood. I think. Yes. It, yep. It falls yep. into the the tricky
3: concept of what makes a species, and then when you get into it, species boundaries are often more sort of. Um,
2: Fluid than we'd like to believe. Well, you know? this is a, you, you've got to visit my website. I'm, I make some pretty convincing cases for a man being able to love a horse.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what I, I don't so mean just platonically.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, I mean, they do show Penny and uh, Coco clearly have a strong love for each other. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, feel really bad it?
2: about Coco not having a baby. Did what happened to her in her life? She was
0: a busy career gorilla. That's <laughs> right. So so Michael, uh, the young, the the baby wasn't a baby that was brought in. Yeah. They, he ended up growing up and they they, they uh, became basically like siblings. And yeah, then there right. was an idea to see if they would mate, but they, their relationship was too sibling-like that it just didn't happen. Yeah, right. Michael became a silverback, big, you know, the oh. big... big uh, Big man on campus. Now, is that, is that a thing that, like, not every man gorilla
2: becomes a silver I think that's right. That's yeah. so cool, isn't I th-
0: it? I think it maybe. It, oh, I
1: you... should
0: look this up, but I believe, or maybe Angus can check, but I believe it's like only happens to the one that is the boss.
2: There are hormonal changes that take place in the gorilla body yeah. when you get the the position of boss.
0: And I think it might be the same for orangutans and their big uh, face wads. The oh, the wads. Do the
3: gorillas who um, don't reach the status of silverback, do they have to dye their, their backs black? <laughs> you know they've got like a just for men or just for gorilla just for a just, just for a beta gorilla
0: yeah that's I think that is it would be real embarrassing mm. to rock up and you've also got a silver back mm. or do you would it be more likely to be the other way around where you come uh, up and you go no I'm the silver back
2: here and then you start dyeing your back grey yeah I, there's dye involved
0: yeah I think one way or another you know or maybe you know it's like frosted tips Maybe one gorilla's ascended to the throne, but he doesn't want to. He's the guy Pierce in King's Speech sure. character, and he goes, "I don't want this. I want to go off with my American girlfriend." You no, know, he's because of his um, Parkinson's. He has
3: difficult difficulty signing, so it's very hard for him to communicate <laughs> to the other gorillas in GSL his intentions during a difficult time mm. when they're being invaded by the Eastern
2: Highland gorillas. Ah, and that checks out geographically as well. I like that analogy.
0: So, um, so so, Michael, um, they didn't They didn't mate, they ended up being sort of... He, he was an independent guy. Something in, interesting that they believe that he told a story of how he saw his mother die. They believe he signed a story.
2: So he could sign as well? Yep. Did Coco teach him any language? Did they look into that?
0: No, they were hoping that Coco was going to have a kid and then they would see if it was passed on to the next generation. Yeah, right. But I don't think that... Um, that obviously didn't eventuate but yeah Michael I think was just taught by the uh, the um, trainers
2: and they think he talked about watching his mother die. His he mother said stuff like
0: loud noises you know it was definitely the kind of thing where they, they had to um
2: again fill in you the you know mind. leap
0: a few um,
2: I wonder if we could have go it. back and get all the words that were actually said by each of the gorillas and then just construct an entirely different narrative yeah. by filling in, like you would with a, you know, an impro game, different words in the sentence and then turn out, oh, it was, it was just recounting the entire plot of Lord of the Rings. Right. <laughs> I reckon we could do
0: that. Should we do that? No, I don't have the time. <laughs> it sounds hard and boring. Well, how do you, could you get Lord of the Rings from loud noises? Blood, yes. blood neck. Yes. Um, yeah. What? did um, But they, yeah, they made it sound like it was poachers who took out his mom, and he oh, remembers wow. it all. And I mean, that affected who he became. They're sort of saying that's why he was like quite an independent, uh, independent <laughs> gorilla.
2: Okay, now this is really—that's really what they said. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing uh, projection there of like sort of human trauma patterns and all that sort of thing onto a gorilla. Uh, what's, what has the study been like in terms of the way that uh, baby gorillas react to having their mothers killed by poachers in terms of vis-a-vis? Do they develop to be quite independent silverbacks when placed in a sign language type lab environment or or do they perhaps sort of become more withdrawn? Do we have the stats? Do we have the data? What's the, What's the data pool? imagine really having happy. to run that
3: pool, like, I don't want to do this, but we're gonna to have to pay some poachers to go
2: <laughs> The science demands it. We, ne- we need clarity.
3: At the moment, it's just not statistically significant, the data pool that we have, so we need more
2: examples. Ideally around a thousand yeah, so... <laughs> dead mother gorillas.
0: I think, yeah, maybe even down to the fact that the poachers killed the mother and uh, for meat.
2: Okay, no, this isn't the plot of Lord of the Rings. This is Bambi. Right. Yeah. He's telling the plot of Bambi. He's just seen Bambi.
0: Oh, okay. Would you? That seems like a very
3: cruel thing to show to a gorilla who has <laughs> lost his mother to hunt, to poachers. Let's see Bambi and see how he reacts to that.
0: <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that's. And that's, science, that's
3: science for you.
2: Yeah. Isn't yeah it? You just got to follow where the science leads you. And Michael pointed at Bambi on the screen and said,
0: "Me." Yeah. <laughs> So they so my so they didn't mate. So um, Penny started basically. This is back in the 90s. Uh, went around looking for another mate and showed Coco videos of a bunch of different males. And Coco. So this
2: is the 90s. So this whole thing started in the 70s. Yeah, 70. I think 71,
0: yeah, wow. maybe. Um, so uh, Coco would they showed video of Coco reacting to the video dating profiles of the other gorillas and she the one she liked she would kiss the screen and then mm-hmm. other ones she would say no 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 turn her back and say animal no 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 i don't know if that meant she didn't think she was an animal or what but um yeah so she she ended up um, choosing one and they brought him in And they got on quite well, and they were flirting and that sort of stuff, but by the end of this documentary, nothing had happened, and I don't think anything ended up happening either. Uh, How do you feel about that? Is she dead now? She is dead. She died last year.
2: Oh, that's not... I mean, I don't know.
0: Is that good? She's Uh,
2: 46, I think. She's
3: 46, which is older than the average life expectancy of a gorilla. Uh,
2: But still sad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely a... um, She really won the hearts of a lot of uh, a lot of fans around the world. Uh, I know a lot of listeners of this podcast are uh, big fans of Coco. So I hope they think that we're doing
2: her memory justice with this (laughs) car-based episode, where we haven't really done the research. I mean, you've sorry, Matt. You keep saying you've done the research. I've done the
0: research. Yeah, I've done some research. Uh, Yeah, there's a big crucifix in the sky.
2: um, Yeah, we've lost our minds. Uh, No, we're uh, well. There's there's this weird. We're driving. Now through a region two-thirds of the way to where I live, called Bacchus Marsh, and on a hill as you come into Bacchus Marsh, there is uh, a large crucifix on the top of the hill. But also, if it was daytime, which it isn't, you'd see that down the hill are the, there are these little s- sort of scaled sculptures or like models of various religious buildings and that sort of things. And I think it might be a representation of the twelves. 12- is it twelve stages of the cross, or
0: oh yeah, uh, the, yeah eight stages, or I how many stages? You were
2: right the first time. Yeah, Trust yourself. They that? did twelve.
0: They like 12. twelve, twelve, yeah. twelve, twelve. I'm trying disciples. to think of that. There, yeah, there was because that also there the parts of the rosary? Jeez, oh, I don't I know, mean, man. I went through all of this in my brain somewhere as a as a, a past altar boy. You
2: sift through all the uh, the AFL statistics and you see what you can get us back about the. Stages of the cross and the rosary. Yeah, anyway, and then there's some big churchy looking thing. I think it might be like a uh, a camp for for kids, religious uh, kids yeah. or something, or, or maybe it's just um, some uh, Devout person has constructed it themselves a pretty, on a hill
0: pretty dramatic looking things driving past yeah, big a big illuminated cross.
2: crucifix yeah. As we're talking about the death of Coco. Yeah, do
0: you
2: think that means anything? Yeah. Oh, yeah Yep, I do. Um, I want to know if if gorillas uh, go through this um, hormonal change, you know, that it changes their physiology as well yeah. as they become this position of authority. I think has anyone a, looked into does this happen at all in humans? It was a. It's,
3: it's all um, male gorillas. It happens at
2: sexual maturity.
3: Ah, it's in the same. Oh, they grow okay. the, the the back, the hump-shaped back, and right. the grey hair in the same way that adult humans grow a beard or. Increased right. facial hair, right? Whatever. So it's just puberty, it's just puberty, yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, that's not it as did...
0: cool as I thought it was. But I mean,
3: I, yeah, it did seem like a way to like... find out here in Bacchus Marsh. I was holding back because it seemed like a big interruption when we were riffing to be like, actually, guys, Someone... I just googled it <laughs> and it turns out that that wasn't true. That's strictly not good speaking, instincts. I would have found it hard not to interrupt with that, <laughs> but it was a funny riff. Um, I also found on Wikipedia an, another, uh, a chimpanzee that's been involved in a long-term um,
0: animal uh, language study called Nim Chimpsky. Oh yeah. Oh, I've heard of p- this guy. There's also there's a film based on it called the... something of Nim? The Nim... I think you'll find it's called uh, Manufacturing Descent. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's it. Is Nim, NIM
0: N- Chimpsky, like a gnome Chomsky? Yeah Yeah it's Noam Chomsky's son
2: (laughs) Noam Chomsky kept saying baby Whenever he was watching chimps on television And Penny who was um, Looking after Noam Noam at the time Yeah Was was able to interpret the man's words It is a funny name no. Um, but is it spelled N-O-A-M? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. N-O-A-M. Funny spelling, funny name. The University of Arizona where he worked gave him the chimp Nim Chimpsky
3: as um, uh, a token of their appreciation for all of his hard work. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: it's actually risen to the rank of associate professor. <laughs> uh-huh. I love that. It's, it's a, enough, enough with this golden watch or whatever business. Everybody gets a chimp, <laughs> yeah. you know, 40 years of service. That's chimp. Maybe one of the wedding anniversaries should be the chimp wedding the chip, anniversary. Yeah. I think that, again,
3: would add us certain frisson it to would. the relationship when you add a, a very clever but
0: also potentially volatile animal into the relationship. I think a lot of relationships would be having a, a big discussion just before mm. that anniversary. Mm. Do, we, um. do we... Are we ready for a chimp or should we just break <laughs> up now? Yeah. yeah.
2: It would really make you, make you think yeah. you, about yeah. the relationship and where this is going. <laughs> vis a vis that towards a chip. I think it should be year seven, you know, it's like the seven year itch. But you get a chip if you pass it or at the seven. year chip. Chimp. Yes, this yeah, this is absolutely a film.
0: <laughs> the seven year no chip He was a graphic the older for sure. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I think um I think these days Andy with animal cruelty laws, I don't think we could just be giving married couples chimps at seven years. Well, I feel like that's actually a way of ensuring that chimps survive during
3: uh, this age of global warming, where if every couple gives a chimp, we not only promote marriage, but we also promote the reproduction and survival of the chimp species.
2: Every every wedding anniversary is now a different endangered species. species. Yeah, and you get a member of that species.
0: But maybe you get a married couple of that species.
2: Well, I was thinking maybe if you get an individual... No, just one it in- also encourages you to have a reason to get oh, into contact with other, other couples. married couples you know um, because okay. it is harder to make friends as you become uh, as, as, as you become older and it would be a good does that' thing. have anything to
0: do with us driving you into the country that's anything? right I've this got
2: some I've got some big cages that I need to stick in the back of your car
3: I thought that what you were saying there is really this isn't about the podcast it's about friendship as you become older it does
2: become harder to <laughs> I genuinely think that so often now, like when I want to hang out with a friend, I'm just like, do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah. Because that is probably the only way I can justify spending time with anybody that I care about. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for my children.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, they've never been invited on the podcast. No. Well, it's
2: because they don't have the Twitter following. Like, where's the benefit to me in that? Yeah. It's got to be symbiotic. But yeah. if, if you give them, give them their first break on the podcast, maybe that'll you know get it going a bit. Ah, uh, that's, uh, They as soon as they've stepped over you on their climb to the top, <laughs> they, uh, they are done.
0: I do remember you you and Al saying to me in the early run of uh, Two in the Think Tank that you wanted to get me on to help help uh, my profile. Is that really a thing that we said? Oh yeah, Al said that to me. That's I, I, Was really he saying it as a joke? I assume so. <laughs> They did have a profile to help. <laughs> Do <Did> you be <really laughs> pushing really your helpful. children into absurdist
2: political comedy? Um, I think uh, I would love it if they went into it, but I've been wondering if there's room for identical twins in, the, in, in you know... Sort of the Nelson twins of political comedy. No one's cornered yeah. that market yet. Yeah, I, I, I wonder how many punchlines you get out of having two people that look the same. I guess, hey, oh, look, it's bloody uh, Scott Morrison and... Bill Shorten up here. There you go, there's a joke.
3: Well, you, you, you've got twin boys, so it's like it's, it, we look identical, just like the entire Liberal cabinet.
2: Yes. See, you, you've convinced me. There's a, I there's think it's fertile. It could you can certainly make the same joke at least twice.
3: <laughs> and that's what I've built my career on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
3: an interesting thing is that uh, some scientists believe that because uh, chimpanzees are 98.7% Identical in their DNA to humans. They believed that if um chimps were raised in a human family using uh, ASL It would shed some way on the way that language is acquired by humans But one of the scientists who didn't agree that would happen was Noam Chomsky Who <laughs> they named the chimp after <laughs> in some sort of a Power play. <laughs> yeah
2: Scientific spite move.
3: Yeah, I like it. So it wasn't um, a sort of gift at all. It was a put-down
2: mm, real slap in the face. Um well, okay, did they do this with Coco? Alright, I'm just pitching stuff now. Did they have her do sign language while in an MRI machine? Look at which sections of her brains lit up while she was communicating. Then get a chimp, uh, to get, a, get a wild gorilla to communicate with another wild gorilla using gorilla language while they were in an MRI machine. Don't know how you would do that. Gorillas probably don't communicate in very normal ways when they're shoved into an MRI. <laughs> But and then look at those section of the brain, see whether or not they were harnessing the same sections of the brain. Did they then compare analog- analogistically the structure of the brain to a human uh, who was communicating both with a gorilla and then not with a gorilla in an MRI machine? See, this is
0: why you're some sort of scientist, Andy. You know, and maybe they could have used
2: you there. I'm not sure if they did that. Could or I not. have been in an MRI machine? You need to build the world's MRI. biggest MRI machine to fit them all in at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Well, can we build... All right, let's just do, build an MRI machine that we can place around the entire Democratic Republic of the Congo, right? And allow us to isolate the brains of the various gorillas living in different regions. I I scan the, them all simultaneously. The only uh, problem with this,
3: Andy, is you've you've forgotten about the importance of photosynthesis. <laughs> <laughs> to <the laughs> You Democratic- think this might... I think it might block out the sunlight. You think my plan
2: to block out the sun (laughs) over (laughs) the Congo could be... It could be be detrimental detrimental to the way in which um, the
3: western lowlands gorillas are able to communicate.
2: Do you think that I would be maybe perceived as some kind of evil figure?
3: Yeah, some sort of Mr Burns (laughs) character (laughs) who's... Some sort of, whose devotion to the, the gorilla has somehow caused the suffering and devastation of not only the gorilla but all species in yes. the democratic
2: republic of the Congo. Uh, look, I like to think that the resources required to build this enormous MRI machine would denude the entire planet of all its resources and leave us all dead. So... Well,
3: yeah, they say the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, mm. but it's also regular tarmac as well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's, it's also a road I would, to a gigantic MRI machine. I think, I think it would be arguable that this is, doesn't even constitute a good intention. <laughs> uh, uh, do you think it's just, just a, a pure a <laughs> Yeah,
3: um, drive of science? Yes. The drive to knowledge has no moral boundaries or qualms. How do we find out what's going on in the brain of all species of gorillas? We scan everything at once, no matter what the cost.
2: Yeah, that's what I think...
3: This is actually a, a sort of modern Frankenstein tale
2: mm. that Andy has undertaken. Well, but I mean, maybe there is a there is a moral to this that, like, almost that is what we are doing with our modern surveillance state and our um, you know satellite technology and that sort of thing. That essentially we are trying to analyze the brains and understand the motives of everyone in the world simultaneously. And in doing so, maybe we have blocked out uh, the sun. The sun in this metaphor is freedom. That shines.
3: But as the philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre says, existence precedes essence, it is a choice for freedom. Hey? Mm. So just type whatever you want into Twitter and <laughs> face the possibility of cancellation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> have they taught a gorilla to use Twitter? Yeah. I think well, there was recent news a few weeks ago that I think it was a chimp maybe was right in Instagram. Did you see those videos? Oh, uh, the gorillas who were doing the, po- the posing for photographs. There was, a, there was a chimp who was browsing, going in, looking at photos, oh, zooming in, zooming photos. out, flipping out,
3: One of, um, picking out photos amazing. of, of um, other chimps and stuff like that. One of the men I know, maybe he should be on this podcast, I'll get in, uh, him in touch with you. He works with the orangutans at uh, Melbourne Zoo. And he was telling me that uh, they can definitely identify. They love taking selfies of themselves. Right. Um, They've got an iPad. They're allowed to play with. And like, they they have artists come in and do drawings
0: of the orangutans. Would he be open to? I'll I'll ask. I'll ask. That would be great. Yeah. uh, Wait. Is it gorillas or orangutans? Orangutans. An orangutan recently escaped the enclosure at Melbourne Zoo. There you go. I I didn't know that. I'll have to ask. That is amazing. That's the
2: best thing I've ever heard. Now, um, did it actually escape escape, or did someone just like leave a door open and get uh, down? Oh, yeah,
3: maybe it was... A, and was gosh, this a, a, really a, a, a play that demonstrates that even though when you escape the cage, are you truly free? Yeah.
2: <laughs> is this podcast about the nature of freedom?
0: Yeah. This is called... Uh, In f- the end, yeah. ...Freedom Fries <laughs> with Matt Stewart and guests. Well, Coco was born on Independence Day, so it does feel appropriate somehow. Is that a genuine fact? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a
3: firework child. Oh, of course. Oh, sorry, that was so condescending how I said that as well. Mate, you weren't
2: listening at the beginning when Matt and I were doing the introduction. Oh, certainly wasn't piecing, piecing together whatever the hell you were talking about. <laughs> so I said it in a very incoherent manner. <laughs>
0: maybe one, one thing, because we're not too far away from your place, Andy, one thing maybe we should talk about, which I don't know anything about, So hopefully some of you do, um, but one thing Kogo's famous for is some relationships she had with celebrities, including maybe Robin Williams, famously
2: he was also a famously hairy
3: man
0: he was they had that in common i think that's it, it helps to break the ice mm. and also i guess he yeah he was very, his communication was very visual
2: very physical man
0: well yeah, I mean, okay him, him signing would
3: be a very intense experience i mean all of those thoughts coming at you so quickly through rapid hand gestures
0: the short video i saw he did say that Meeting Coco was a life-changing experience for him. Wow. Um, Yeah. Apparently, something about looking into her eyes and just... I think people... I think sometimes people... Well, I guess it's they haven't been able to figure that out for themselves that animals like gorillas are very much, very close to us. And then when they meet them, they go, holy shit, there's something in there. I look into that gorilla's eyes and I see something. Yeah. But I, think, I, think, I feel like I can imagine that without having to actually look into a gorilla's eyes.
2: But maybe you can't.
0: Maybe, maybe you can't. think maybe. you're imagining it.
2: <laughs> right. But you're imagining something different and if you actually looked into a gorilla's eyes you'd learn something completely other. And my life would change. Yeah. You know, might Jack, be something about uh, changing a tyre or something like that.
3: Jack Drews told me that uh, he has a joke about how if you learnt to sign with a gorilla, that he'd find it quite frustrating because he'd really just got to talk to quite a stupid gorilla. Like, you know, it's sure it's smart for an animal, but it just wants to talk about food and balls. Just be like talking to someone he wasn't particularly interested in who was a human. Yeah,
0: well, that's what it is. And Penny did say that she's like she was more patient with Coco than she would be with a child, even though they were very similar, which I found
2: interesting as well. Is she suggesting that she would have been impatient with a child? I think She would have had higher expectations of the child. Yeah... I don't know, she was having the expectation that Coco would redefine our concept of the self. Uh, It's a pretty high expectation to have of anybody.
0: Yeah, but I mean any child should do that, right? You're right, actually. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And also, you know, go to school, get a degree, provide for the family.
2: Yeah, alright. Wipe uh, their ass. Could did they teach Coco to do that? Did she did she wipe her ass?
0: No, they taught her the sign to the, the butler. S- <laughs> wipe my ass, butler. Was, was the butler a chimpanzee?
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> That's how you know chimpanzees are more intelligent because they're
0: capable of service work. Right. Because really? they're the top, aren't they, Andy? Chimps are right. They're the ones that are closest to us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hundred and two percent DNA the same.
0: We are getting Even more
2: DNA than we have. That's they right. have yeah. That is the same of us.
0: Yep. <laughs> We're so close to your home now, Annie. So um, how we normally wrap up a topic is uh, by giving it. I don't know how we do it this week, but we give it a score, a banana score. However big the bunch is in your mind, you give this. Normally it's a movie or something. I don't know how you do that to the concept of Coco, the life of a of a great. Well, gorilla. how about
2: we rate the um, the scientific validity
0: of the okay, great, yeah. so how many bananas out of a bunch of however big your bunch is and how ripe are those bananas then? Uh, based on what I've heard today and what
2: I've learned on this car ride I'm only going to give it two Right. because I think any time that you do something that is only involving one gorilla any time that it's well, you know, only use, involving one real data point any time that it's so personal as well and you say that Scientists are so involved, like there's no sense is this a double blind experiment or anything like that. Like everything everything feels super subjective.
3: Which would be very difficult to have a double blind experiment and sign
2: language at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it also it is really it's just a really one woman or there's a there's a fella as well or I can't A fella. It, a fella, someone Cohen I think. And he was sort of behind the camera for all of this as well. But the but Penny, her relationship, it's just her one-on-one relationship, she...
2: And it sounds beautiful.
0: Yeah, and it's a, and a relationship that lasted 40-odd years. But then you've also got to be like, well... she hasn't done that well, with anyone, any would, other gorillas.
2: Would, would, would uh, Coco have been happier if instead she just had a relationship with just a, a, an additional gorilla in her life?
0: Yes, or been out in the wild. Because, I mean, the... the I really like the video is like, oh, this is pretty pretty ordinary-looking... Cages, you know. Yeah. Like so she's still in a cage, cage yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And lived in a mobile home. I'll just do a little block here as we finish up, Andy.
2: Yeah. Sure. Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Like there was a little mobile home, but also yeah, cages, old school bar, ca- like jail cell. Yeah. I'm, give- I'm giving
2: this two, two, two bananas out of out of five, and um, and the bananas are uh, good, but they're then you bite into them and they're quite hard in the middle. You know, right. Have been left longer on
0: the vine. Vol- no, the I don't think, it, I think. I
2: reckon they got they got off the vine too early. They ripened, and then I think
0: for some reason they got a bit hard inside. I don't know what it is. They're watching the um, documentary, which I'll link to in the show notes. <laughs> I can't. That's remember. the pub there where I want to open a comedy night. Oh great, that'd be awesome. Yeah. This trip was pretty painless, really. That looks like a good pub for a comedy night.
2: Yeah.
0: Thanks. Um. So the, during the doco. I I was like, I don't really know exactly when this is. And the moment I knew that it was 20 odd years old was when Coco ate a watermelon and it had big seeds in it. (laughs) Oh, that Um, really dates you, doesn't it? We have moved beyond. That is the one mark of scientific progress. (laughs) Seedless watermelons. Mm Uh, what, what would you, as a banana score, Angus, what would you You might want it? to go around one of these. I'm going to give it um, four bananas
3: out of five, even though Andy has a lot of um, quibbles about its scientific validity, and so do a seemingly quite a large number of the scientific community. I think that watching these videos reminded me and, and taught me, really, that not only do apes have personhood, and a sense of self. So do other humans. Before, I thought they were just shells in which the, I was the only true person with consciousness that I could push, push around and exploit for my own benefit. <laughs> but now I realise, after learning about Coco, that all life has value, and I have to release the man who is trapped in an <laughs> undisclosed location. And that man is, is 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 Angus. It's his true self. It's my true. It's my twin. Yeah. Who I've been hiding because I didn't believe there was a market for a <laughs> two. absurdist whimsy for two men in it. But now I know that it's, anything is possible. That's what this writer's taught me. Uh, Not I anything is possible, it. but that uh,
2: That's his freedom, it,
3: and a form of freedom for my twin, is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it isn't the radical freedom that Sartre suggested that we all.
2: Even if it's force just a us slightly us larger go. room. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would give it. As a non-scientific man, I'm an amateur primatologist, but not a scientist. Yeah, the people's primatologist, man. I would give it, uh, say, uh, three bananas out of five. I love. I mean, I love the story, but I mean, it feels like the science is, like you say, flimsy. The sample size of one, and some of it just feels maybe a little bit off. With like good intentions, and she clearly loves the. uh, She loves cocoa and stuff, but it just feels like. I don't know. But, it, but it, it was a really nice film to watch, and it was nice to see.
2: I think I realised that the two things that I said were mutually contradictory. I said that I wanted a greater sample size, but I also thought that it was inhumane. Right. So really, I'm saying that either you've got to... Well, I really want you to torture a hundred gorillas <laughs> to be able to be more scientific. Writers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think
3: yeah. we... we if nothing else, we have discovered that at its core, science is an amoral drive towards knowledge that has mm. no room for ethics. Yes. And I think that's a great place to end any podcast. Yeah.
2: as is outside my house. Here we are. We did it. And it's, the address is... Oh, did
0: we record the bit where I said my address? No, okay. did we? No, okay, great. If we did, it's in. You know okay. I <laughs> don't edit. Um, how we do finish, I mean, we normally also give a a percentage score of how much you see of yourself in, just very quickly, out of 100, how much of yourself do you see in Koko?
2: Uh, let's see. I reckon I'm about a, about
0: a, about a, about a 90%. 90%? A yeah. lot of yourself in Koko.
2: Yeah, I was taught language by a woman. <laughs> yep. And, um... Named Penny? Yep, and I have a cat.
0: You do.
1: You
2: yeah, love that cat. I do love that cat. Uh, Solid Ball,
0: you call her? Uh I call her Olive. Olive is her name. Well, that's a great name. Thank you. Love that as a name. I love olives. Angus, what do you out of a hundred, what do you say?
1: Uh
3: I think it's about a ninety-six, a, a sort of similar percentage to the amount of DNA that we share. Yeah. <laughs> that's how much I see of and myself in Coco. I, I always <laughs> that same crossover of um uh genes, I see that, you know, I see that the A's, the T's, yep. the C's, the G's. Mm see all those nucleotides, and I, I see myself.
0: To me, both of those, those answers of very
3: cocky, <laughs> very cocky <laughs> answers. Oh, look at us, 90 plus percent Coco.
0: Well, I wish. I'd say at best I'm 50, 55. But of yeah. course, Coco also very self-deprecating. So, uh, yeah. so maybe she I'm more cocoa than dumb all of us. And ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I think about me. Uh, and now, as we always finish the show, it's with a little uh, sign-off. Uh, primate related, and it's rift at the time, but we say it every week. I'll say thanks so much for joining us, Angus, and thanks so much for joining Sandy. And thank you. As we always say here on the Primates Podcast, we say "dumb" in GSL. <laughs> Just dropping in to talk about the Patreons. I've got to thank some bloody Patreons for all their support of this show, and also do go on and book cheat. You can support uh, these shows at Patreon.com/slash. Do go on pod. And uh, one of the rewards is I'll read out your names on this show and also tell everyone what your favorite primate is. Uh, Other rewards include bonus episodes um, and other kinds of shout-outs. You get uh, news about live shows early and all these such things. A lot of good stuff. Uh, There's a Facebook group that people get in and chat in every day, which is fun as well. But uh, what I'm going to do now is read out some Patreons some supporters uh, starting with a great man, John Macacon. Machacon, Macacon, Mac Hackon, on, Let's go with that. John Machacon. And he says his favorite primate is the Japanese macaque or macaque, because it looks like they're wearing coats in the snow. But my least favorite is the Chakma baboon or Cape baboon. Because when my friends and I were in South Africa, one stole my friend's backpack and try to eat her Polaroid camera, we never got anything back. Oh, that sucks. Yes, I um I've looked at these baboons. They're pretty great, you know, and um that does sound like a pretty full-on experience, but I'm not holding that against the whole species of cape baboons. Maybe I should. but I appreciate John that they are your least favorite. Uh, Where was the Japanese macaque? Those, I, I love and hate the, the macaques. I can't quite get my head around it, but they are a beautiful beast as well. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, also, thank you to Reed to Tatorus, Reed Tatteris, to Tatorus. My favorite primate is the bonobo. I wish I had something clever, but I really just dig all the sex. <laughs> Shit, yeah, Reed. <laughs> uh, the bonobos. They love to burn. They love to burn. And I guess that that is we really think that's where they get their name from. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty pretty sure I heard one of the Attenborough brothers say that um, probably the animal loving one. Yeah, that motherfucker. Uh Now nah, I love him. Good on uh, David and uh, Reed. Thanks so much for that um, support and also your favorite primate being a bonobo. Michael Roboski uh, says, I'm not even going to have a second crack at that, but it's probably not Roboski, is it? Michael Roboski. Great. All these names are fantastic. Um, Michael says his favorite is the chimpanzee, exclamation mark. The humanity in their eyes is fascinating. Couple that with, the, with a complex social system and shit throwing shenanigans and you have quite the fascinating animal. When you put it like that, it is it's quite a dichotomy. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Chimpanzee. I mean, how could, you can't go wrong with the, the chimp. They're the they're the classic for a reason. And finally, Perry Ritter, he says my favorite primate would have to be without a doubt Rafiki from the Lion King. He embodies all the uh, all of the joy and wisdom that you would expect from a mandrill, and also was a big part of my childhood growing up. Thank you so much, Perry. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful note there. Um, and you people would know from the Lion King episode we talked a bit about it like um Rafiki is a bit of a Rafiki is a bit of a Rafiki because he's he's was kind of a bit of a a mandrill um mashup that the Disney animators just made up basically they changed him in little ways for no real reason or there was probably a reason I suppose um but uh that has been corrected in the upcoming uh, Lion King film apparently so excited to see that and obviously we'll do an episode about that when it comes up. Anyhow um, I think yeah I guess I can't remember where I'll put this in the show. If this is the end then goodbye and laters. <laughs>
3: Podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
2: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's, it's up to you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.